Welcome to an in-person evening edition of Advantage Connors. Here as always, Brett Connors with my co-host Jimmy. How are you? I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Present. Yeah, yeah present and uh, accounted for. Got through uh, Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, into December already. It's uh, Christ two, uh, 2022 is about over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year is going by quick and, uh, you know, we're getting ready for, for Christmas. Right. Yep. Uh, speaking of Christmas, off to my right is uh, the Christmas tree. Mom uh, put it up. It looks beautiful. Yep. Yep. Uh, off to my left, we have the full moon. Yeah. So sandwiched in between, we got an in-person edition. We've had a few of these lately. I like these more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like them too. I know you're, you're stuck, stuck with me up here. But. No, that's okay. Yeah. We like it. We like it. We sit around here at the, you know, at the dining room table and, and, uh, you know, we got the refrigerator right next to us oh, and, yeah. you know, we can get up and frequent trips, yeah, frequent trip back and forth. And yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good night and, uh, you know, to get some good conversation. Yep. So the Christmas tree's up, looks good. I can't believe it's almost mid-December already, but uh, a lot going on in the world. Just wanted to see uh, what's going on in a little bit of tennis. I'm not going to talk too much tennis. It is the tennis off-season, as short of a time period as it yeah. is. But uh, this, but they're, but they're getting ready for Australia, which starts what? Uh, the lead-up to the Australian Open starts what? At the end of December, right? Right. Yeah, there's, so. there's like three or, three or four days in December where we're uh, technically next year. So yeah. starting early. Um, but this story crept across my Twitter feed and wanted to just get your take on it just because I think it's, uh, not just a tennis story, but, um, Fernando Verdasco mm-hmm. tested positive for his ADHD medicine, Adderall, right. I'm, I'm guessing, or Ritalin, one of the two, and, um, has had a two month suspension. Right. So uh, in light of Verdasco's doping issues, Ben Rothenberger has brought up uh, rumors indicating that the use of these drugs is rampant among other players. So Verdasco should have gotten a two year ban. Instead, it's a two month ban because there's something called a TUE, mm. which is a therapeutic use exemption. Ah. And they actually have a committee, too. Um, and so people go in there and they say, Hey, I need this drug. You know, essentially they come in with a doctor's note from their doctor. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it got bumped down from two years to two months. So just wanted to see what your take was before I get into some of the other details. Yeah. I guess you got to know the right doctors, right? (laughs) I guess that's all part of it, but, uh, I I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I, I look at, you know, all the opportunities, I guess, uh, is, I don't know if that's the right word or not that, you know, the, the, a lot of the players have and, and to go in and to, you know, to take something that, you know, kind of in, in, enhances their concentration or, you know, gives them more energy or, or, or whatever. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, they have, a, they have enough opportunities to be better than they are anyway. Yeah, they can work hard. They can go in the gym. They've got trainers. They've got guys who worry about their diet. They've got guys who run and get a towel for them. They got, mm-hmm. you know, they got people that do everything for them except actually play the match. Right. You know, so, you know, from my standpoint, you know, I, I look at that and I say, isn't that enough? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but, but I, I guess it isn't, you know, I, I keep going back to, you know, what my friend Eddie Dibb says. Uh, and, you know, I grew up playing with Eddie since, uh, you know, since we were kids, you know, eight, nine years old at the orange bowl. And, and, uh, uh, you know, through, uh, you know, he went to Miami, I went to UCLA and then, then, you know, we turned pro and at pretty much the same time he was in the top 10 of the world. And, you know, and, and, and he looked at me one day and, and he said, uh, you know, what about you? Would you ever take something like that? Uh, you know, that would, you know, help your performance, you know, if you're on mm-hmm. the court. And I said, well, 
I, I don't I don't think I don't think my grandfather would uh, would put up with that. I think you know I'd hit the floor before I could you know swallow whatever I was supposed to take. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I say that because, you know, he wouldn't go for that. He'd probably knock me out. And and uh, so, but he said, you know, he says, I get that, Jimmy. I get that. He says, if you were, if you were number one and all of a sudden you see one guy pass you up and and, and he's might be taking something and, and you go, well, you know, I better just work a little bit harder and, you know, I'll, I'll get in better shape and, and uh, you know, try to do whatever it takes to, you know, to regain that number one spot. But he says, what would happen if 30 guys overtook you? Mm-hmm. You know, what would you do then? Uh, you know, and then, then all of a sudden now you're put in a, in a position that says, well, Christ, if it's working, you know, for all these guys, you know, it's got to work for me too, right? Right. You know, so it's kind of a, kind of an interesting dilemma, uh, yeah. you know, to be put in a situation like that. But let me, give, let me give our listeners a little uh, background on what it is. So Pam Shriver put out this tweet. I think it helps kind of set it up. Through the grapevine of, ten- of pro tennis, I hear that many players are on ADHD meds to help sharpen focus uh, and concentration in a manner that brings up integrity questions. Are ADHD meds the melodonium for the brain? Wonder how many current players have asked for a TUE for ADHD recently. Right. And then uh, Riley Opelka uh, came out and he was definitely not a fan of the drug Adderall or Ritalin said, uh, tweeted, sorry, quote, sorry, but I do not have empathy for any tennis players testing positive for Adderall, as in my mind, it's a PED. So, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you know, he's out there playing against them. Yeah. And, and when, you know, when you're out there playing against them and, you know, you, uh, I, I guess, obviously he knows, you know, who, who was on it and who's not. Uh, you know, so, I mean, he, you know, is right away, he's at a disadvantage, you know, to, you know, to be put in that situation. So, uh, I, I, you know, it would be, it would be hard to, you know, to go out and play somebody and, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, know that they're, you know, that they're on something and, you know, that they are using that as an advantage and, and you're trying to, you know, uh, you know, whatever the match is, a five setter, a five hour match or whatever, or whatever. And, and and then all of a sudden you're saying, well, you know, shit, that guy doesn't look too worn out, or you know, right. he's got still got this this energy and so forth. I, you know, I I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I was too into my own my own stuff. You know, I, I didn't worry about what anybody else was doing, and you know, <clears throat> I didn't want anybody worrying about what I was doing. So maybe maybe I was a dumb shit. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. You know, on the other yeah. side of the the court. But uh, you know, for me, yeah, that's you know. But I also got to say this, brother. These kids are playing for so much money now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the stakes are high. Right. Uh, let's face it. Uh, you know, you, you win a grand slam, you know, your endorsements go up, your appearance money goes up, your, you know, reputation goes up yep. and, you know, and, and so the stakes are really high. Plus, you know, winning a, a U.S. Open or whatever is, you know, three and a half million dollars. Right. You know, and, and, you know, so, you know, when, when, when you understand the whole equation. Right. When you, you see know, how much you is there, yeah. there is to be gained. Yeah, let me let me say. Uh, so first off, Adderall and Ritalin are essentially methamphetamines. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. synthetic methamphetamines that are made in a lab. They're packaged, and then your doctor prescribes them. But they have the same effect as like street meth, cocaine, speed. These sort of drugs are also methamphetamines, mm-hmm. right? So that's one thing. So the drug itself is like speed. I mean, it's something that's going to give you, jack your heart up. It's going to give you a lot more energy. It's going to help you, you know, if you had a five setter the day before, a lot quicker to bounce back, you know, which I think is a lot of it in tennis where people think someone's on steroids while they're not bulky. They might be taking it for recovery. Right. Because you play so many matches, you play back to back and three, you know, four days in a row or whatever it is. And so there's that. And then 
like more, like literally Adderall is called amphetamine salts. It can be called mm. mixed amphetamine salts. Mm. So it's yep. an amphetamine. And then um, ADHD is a weird one because like, if you look at the graphs, they've it's steadily been more and more the percentage of the population is quote unquote has ADHD. Mm-hmm. More, more men or women? It's, it's way more in men. men, something like 13, mm-hmm. 14% of men or something. And then women are like, you know, four or 5%. Mm-hmm. And so the average is like eight and a half, something percent. But it's a, it's a weird one because there's no, you have it, you don't. There's no like blood test where like, you know, if you have diabetes, you test for it and it's, look, your levels are this. It tells me you have diabetes. Right. I mean, I remember I, I was tested for it as a kid in grade school and they just sit you down and they give you like tests and right. how you do on the test, how much you focus or pay attention, you know, but we've talked about like how people learn, people learn all different ways and all this stuff. So I don't know. It's something that is rampant. I don't think just in tennis. I mm-hmm. think it's in every part of life. Yeah. Especially, it's very big in America. I don't know if they, if it's prescribed as, as much overseas in other countries, but in America, it's huge. Right. I mean, it was huge when I was in college. Um, really, when you were in grade school. Right. You know, I mean, that's when they tested you. Yeah. You know, for that. But the drug, I remember hearing about it in college a lot oh, where, yeah. where people, you know, the idea is that you take it and it gives you energy and focus and, and, and all this stuff. So you can study for your midterms the night before when you should have been studying all year you right. know? <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know. I just think if, if half the tour is on it, that's way more than your national averages, Mm -hmm. you know? And just the fact that, I mean, I think it's interesting that it's more men who say they have ADHD Mm -hmm. where almost men are probably more competitive, you know, sort of in physical sorts of things, you know, I'm not saying women aren't, but maybe men are more to where, Hey, if I was lifting more than this guy a week ago, and now all of a sudden he's got more energy than me. Right. Ego thing. Right. So then you go and, and it's not hard. Like I remember buddies in college, I had a friend who he's like, Oh my God, I got Ritalin. Well, you know, you know uh, how'd you get that? And I just went to my doctor and said, I was having trouble concentrating on my homework mm. or something like that. That's studying. all it takes. I, I guess. I guess. I guess so. Because it's such a, it's vague, you know, like, uh, cause a lot of the symptoms are like, has trouble concentrating, has trouble sitting still. It's like, well, that's a lot of kids. Yeah. But you, you know what, uh, kind of, you know, I, I look at this and I see Fredasco and, and he's been around a long time. I mean, he's, uh, you know, not a newcomer to right. the game. Uh, is he still a force out on the, out on the tour or is, is he, no, is he I, playing satellites or is he, he, he's playing like challengers and maybe gets into a main event here, you know, qualifies or gets a wild card or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, and like, I mean, I know it goes on forever. I have a friend who has ADHD, Joe Sinclitico, mm-hmm. and right. he has it. You right. know, like it's one of those things where, you know, he has it, like you'll try and talk to him sometimes and he's like in his own like world and, and he takes the medication for it and all that stuff. But I think there's a lot of people who are abusing the like idea of having this problem. Right. You know, because then it gives you, well. Well, you said it, you can't be tested for it. Right. You know, so what are you going to do? Sit down and say, you know, fill out the boxes and, you know, all of a sudden you have it or you don't. I mean, right. You're going, I guess, by their word, right? Or are your, are your actions more than anything? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably something that can be easily faked where, you know, you go in and, uh, and you just, you look up what the symptoms are. You tell your doctor, your doctor's a friend, you're a big tennis player on tour. He doesn't want to say no to you. Who knows? You mm-hmm. know? Right. But, um, the part that's weird is I wonder if it backfires on a lot of people where they say it, you know, helps with focus and concentration, but like being jacked up on amphetamines doesn't sound like a very, you know, <laughs> easy no. way to concentrate. No. And then and isn't there a come down period too? Sure. I'm I mean, sure. There's yeah. got to be a crash somewhere along the line. So what happens if you're, 
you know, uh, you know, in the four set out there, and and now, right. now all of a sudden you start, you know, feeling like you you need something to help you, help you starting to crash or whatever. How's yeah. that? How's that affect you? I mean, they take their bags <clears throat> when they go to the poo poo potty break in between sets. You know, are they taking more of their oh, you know well. TUE prescribed medications? You know. Boy. So I don't know. It's uh, I think it's it's in everything. I think it's in if you're a writer in Hollywood and you need to stay up later because the guy next to you has been killing it and writing 16 hours a day and you have a family and don't have time. Or, you know, right. all these little yeah. things. And because life, it's life and uh, life enters into that, too. Definitely. Yeah. Somewhere along, no matter what job you are, not just in athletes, but, you know, the, you know, whatever job you have. And, and uh, you know, I guess everybody's uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say everybody. I guess, you know, there are people out there looking you know, for any opportunity that they can take to get ahead. Yeah, yeah to get you, an edge. To get an edge, right. Yeah. Well, we talked last week about the gambling and how worried everyone is about the integrity of, you know, gambling being a part of the sport and all that stuff. And then there's maybe, from what we're hearing, maybe half the tour is taking amphetamines. Mm. Well, <laughs> That's uh, a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I picked a good time to retire. I thought you you, you played in the 80s. Are we back in the 80s now, in the 70s? Well, Those are the, <laughs> I, I don't know. Let's don't go in reverse. No. I got to like it right here. But uh, no. Yeah, but, I, but but you know the you know like I, I I keep going back to the stakes are so high, mm-hmm. you know and and well, uh, don't you think they should have to uh, disclose whatever they're on even if they have a well, doctor's note no, shouldn't it be known or yeah, something yeah so why isn't it I mean you you think you know with uh, the Olympic Committee and and you know and all the all those who are going around and you know policing this I mean don't don't you think that uh, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. You know, if you, if you have it, let, you know, let it be known. Right. I mean, at least no. So, you know, I don't know. It's a weird subject because it's not a cut and dry thing. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. well, he has it he tested, we tested him. He has the positive or whatever. Right. You know, it's like a difficult, kind of like a gray area as to how you diagnose it. And I know people will get on me and say, you know, this, and I know there are people who have it, Yeah, but I, it's a weird thing that it keeps growing in number every year. So either there's a problem that is causing it to become worse. Right. Or it's being abused. Right. Either way, it needs to probably be looked at. Right. So. Well, well I guess it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the fallout from, uh, from the Fredasco situation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then what else uh, or who else, uh, right. you know, uh, comes forward with it or gets caught with it or. Yeah. You know, or now it's at least part of the conversation more. Right. Where it seemed like it probably is like an old school system of like diagnosing and giving the like doctor's notes. And now we're in a time where it, it's advanced and people are abusing it or something. Mm-hmm. You know? So you see this one. I know we've been talking about the Sam Bankman Freed guy. Mm-hmm. Somehow he's still free. He's just out there, you know, on TV here, giving a New York Times interview mm-hmm. there. Um, and in the midst of all this, in the background, have you seen this? Three Big time crypto bosses have died. I did see that. In the last two right. or three weeks. Right. One and, in a helicopter. Yeah. One in a hel- the most recent in a helicopter right. crash. Um, one while sleeping. Hmm. Well. One while, dr- one by drowning. Hmm. Well. All Eastern know? Europeans, dudes. Right. All lots of money. Uh, the, old, the most recent was 53-year-old crypto billionaire. Um, helicopter crash near Monaco. Another, it was just him and the pilot. Right. It was supposed to be another person who happened to cancel last minute. Yeah. Well, hmm. it was his lucky day. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you want to interview him. Yeah. <laughs> like Can you tell us why you backed out of like that to see what he deal, has to say. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I'm trying to follow that a little bit more and to, to try to understand it. And, 
you know, and, and, you know, you see things, you know, come across the TV or that said, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, what do you say? You know, he uh, misplaced $8 billion. Oh, Bankman-Fried. Yeah. Right. You know, misplaced it, you know, and, I, and I'm going, whoa, I misplaced 80 bucks and I get, you know, in trouble for that around here, you know, around the house. Right. But, you know, it's just kind of. Uh, well, it's funny to see them, the media go from portraying him like he's the smartest guy in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. He's only 29 or whatever. He's 30. He's smarter than all. He's got more money than all you peasants are going to have. <laughs> right. Right. And then now all of a sudden it's like, oh, poor little guy. Right. He made boom, boom, bang, bang. Yeah. You know, like, oh, he's a little baby boy. Made a mistake. We'll let him, you know, like, huh? Right, right. <laughs> he's the smartest guy in the world. And now he needs to be treated with like kids gloves oh, because yeah. he just lost people's like retirement funds. Yeah. I mean, do uh, it can't be over. I mean, can it? I mean, I mean it this doesn't seem like it's even started. started but right. That's right. what I was listening to something. The guy was like, I think they're just, it's such a unique case. It's so big that they're just taking the slow arm of the, of, of the law or whatever you want to call it is uh, taking his time with it. But, but I guess eventually he's going to have to hire a lawyer, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Coincident that you say that. Uh, let me check it out here. He did hire a lawyer. Oh. And let's see this. SBF has hired Mark Cohen. Mark Cohen as his attorney. Cohen recently defended, check it out. Okay. Ghislaine Maxwell yeah. in her sex trafficking trial. Okay. Booyah. Yeah. And El Chapo. Well. Famed Mexican drug lord. He's uh, known for tunneling. He's uh, front page material. Right. The part that's weird is those first two seem to be like, I feel like they're pretty guilty-ish. Like meaning going into the trial that they had probably done some sort of thing. Well, kind of like with SBF. I I guess, I I guess we're going to have to, you know, just kind of wait and see. I mean, you said, do you handle with, with kid gloves and you know what? I mean, I'm just talking for me. If that was me, I don't think I'd be out giving interviews. I mean, I think, right. I, I think I'd kind of, you know, retreat a little bit and, and try to figure out a way or, or what I can do to, you know, kind of help lay low. Lay low. Yeah. Right. Let people forget about me a little bit. Pretty hard to forget about that. Yeah. I, but the funny part, you're right. Giving interviews and like someone was saying, like he put himself in a bunch of timelines and they say, like, that's why your lawyer is always like, don't, don't, don't do an interview. Anything. Don't say anything. Right. Because if you say yes or no to one timeline, right. now, like, the rest of your that, story that has that to stick that, to that timeline. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, like, recreate the rest of your story around it and, and all that stuff. But, I mean, watching them squirm and try and play dumb and all this stuff where you're like, come on, man. You were living in a $40 million house with 10 other people mm-hmm. who were all having a relationship, spending yeah. money, making money, do this. And your parents in the middle of it all, weren't like, wow, like this is amazing. We have this new wealth and all this stuff. They went and bought like over $120 million home in the Bahamas. Got to have it. Right. Quickly. Yeah. yeah. Right. You needed that fast, right? It seems like it. <laughs> seems like that was a pretty early goal on the accomplishment list of, hey, if we happen to make $16 billion in a crypto scheme in our life, one of the first things we should do is buy a $120 million mansion. Well. I'm, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I see things like that and, and, uh, you know, I, I know, you know, there's, there's people out there who, you know, were, have start, you know, were hungry or whatever and, and went to steal, you know, uh, uh, you know, some cupcakes at a, right. in a store or something and, and they, right. They, They're they in jail tonight or something. Jail tonight. Yeah. Right. So that's, what's embarrassing is to like, just see, I mean, first off, you should be in jail. Second off, like them, like parading them around, almost like show, showcasing them. You know, like, or doing his, like, PR. It's really weird. But back to the deaths. I mean, remember John McAfee, that dude? 
who died in like Puerto Rico or whatever it was in Barcelona at the prison cell. He's in the Spanish, uh, the guy who did McAfee, oh, yeah. um, uh, the, the software company. Right. Like he's, you know, he dies, three crypto guys die. Like what's like, and then now there's all this talk of the digital currency that like the, the fed wants to start its own digital currency, essentially its own cryptocurrency. Oh boy. So are they like getting rid of the competition? <laughs> are they bumping oh. the guys off because they want their patents that's or something? A, that, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's, it's Seems just, like they would space them out. Yeah. Like give it a couple fucking oh, weeks, bro. Man, man I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live by that, that one rule uh, you know, keep your head down, your mouth shut, and, you know, try to take care of your own business, you know, because there's so much going on out there, right. you know, that you can, you know, get, uh, you know, caught up in, right. you know, and, and not, not that, not that I don't, you know, want to hear the news and not that I don't want to know what's going on or, you know, around me and in this country and in this world and, yeah, I know what you mean. But, it, like, uh, but it's, you know. But that doesn't give us good stuff to talk no, about that's, on the that, pod. No, that's, that's true. But that's why I'm talking to you <laughs> on the pod. <laughs> nice. All right, we'll move on from the conspiratorial stuff now so you don't feel nervous yeah, about so getting I, clipped uh, mid-podcast. Yeah, I, I know exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of shots, I got two of them in my back yeah. on Friday. Yeah, and you're doing better, too. You like that transition? Yes, you did very well. <laughs> <laughs> got two shots, finally got the epidural. And then they suggested getting this other shot that they mm -hmm. thought might be beneficial, help me out. And I think they were right because the first shot was the epidural mm -hmm. and it hurt a little, like a needle going in, but it was nothing. Right. And then they put the second thing in, in the like secariliac or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, where the pain was. Right. Well, kind of like where I think it sits in your pelvic bone or something, like where your spine sits down into your pelvic bone. Mm -hmm. And when they hit that, whew, brutile. Yeah, they were hitting me with all the small talk. Hey, you play any sports? Where are you from? Got a brother? Got a yeah. sister? And then they really circle back. Play any sports? I was yeah, boom. <laughs> and I was like, just do it. Yeah, but, but, uh, but uh, it turned know, out good. Yeah, but the first two days, you know, you, I mean, it's been what three, four days mm -hmm. now. You, you still got to take it a little bit easy, and, right. and uh, you know, kind of let that take hold. But but uh, you know, I, I watch it today. You're moving much better, right? Yeah, you know, better. And, and not as stiff as you were. So. But I mean, you, I mean, we've talked about it, you know, in the last couple of podcasts, you for the last, what, two, almost three months, mm -hmm. you know, been dealing with this yeah, and I haven't been doing too much, you know, and it's just not fun. No, but, uh, you know, now hopefully, you know, yeah. this calms it down and you can start doing things again slowly. Yep. Shout out Doc Scheinberg for hooking it up, getting me in there and, uh, shoot me in the back. Uh, moving on sadness have to report when they lose. Can't only talk about them when they win dolphins. Yep. Yeah, went up the coast, San Francisco. We take, we, first off, we score on the first play of the game, 75 yard touchdown. Yep. We're fucked. Yep. And uh, then it seems like it though, doesn't <laughs> it? I mean, it's just, just not because it was the Dolphins, but it seems, you know, that if you come out and, and, uh, and you strike really, you know, quickly like that, that, you know, may, do you get overconfident? Do you, you like relax a little? Maybe. And then like it doesn't, you almost want to go through your first five or six plays, like to get into like a rhythm, mm -hmm. hiking the ball, pat, you know, like just go through the motions. And then, yeah, we barely scored the rest of the game. We scored a late touchdown to make it uh, close to six. We took out Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo took him out and scored on the first play of the game. Like you think that's a, enough to maybe at least be in the game, but Mr. Irrelevant, the last guy drafted in the most recent draft, right. came in, steered the Niners to a victory over the... Dolphins? Dolphins. Not cool. Yeah, well, you know, I I know when I walk in the house if uh, you know, how they're doing, if they're winning or losing by by the tone of around the house. You and, can tell. I started yeah. the day with the Dolphin shirt 
underneath the dolphin's jersey. And then by the end of it, I just had the rope. <laughs> Got it. Just to get it all away from me. Yeah, but I want to say it again. You've you've been a loyal fan for too long. You know, for <laughs> yeah, for a long time. And you know, I know uh, one one of these days they're going to step up and uh, surprise you. And, yeah, I hope so. And do something really good that. Uh, you know, and, and repay your loyalty. Just make the playoffs. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah. Um, other, let's see what else. Oh, Bengals 3-0 and against Kansas City in the last year. Beat yep. them again. Uh, so they went to the Super Bowl. They're dangerous. I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs. They're starting to get a little more healthy. Um, Eagles keep winning. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, that's... Speaking uh, of... Uh, I kind of I like, you know, seeing teams that have, you know, been kind of in the doldrums for a while. Now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, they pop up and, and, are, fun. and are fun to he's watch. Fun. They're fun, yeah. man. Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts is a beast. Mm-hmm. He's my fantasy quarterback. Luckily, I drafted him. He's been helping me do well. Um, but it, I, what I like is Hurts was the quarterback at Alabama. We'll talk about Alabama mm-hmm. in a second. Um, and then Tua came in, remember? Right. Kinda, yep. I don't know. I can't remember if Hertz got hurt or what it was, but Tua eventually took that job from him. Mm-hmm. And then he Hertz left and went to, I think, Oklahoma, played like his senior year and then got drafted. Right. And so it's kind of cool. When there's been a lot of shit talked about him and Tua. They're not pros. They only run or they mm-hmm. only this or they only that. He got, you know, Bo Jackson injury. Um, so it's cool, I think, to see Hertz. I mean, I know Tua didn't win this last week, but he's been pretty good this year. Yeah. And yeah, a, both of them. Both of them. Yeah. You know, historically, the last, I don't know, 30 years, Alabama quarterbacks are good in college, but they don't translate so well to the pros. So it's cool to see two guys that, you know, they were dogging even more, kind of yeah, like starting to play and, good. And shine. Yeah. And really, you know. Kick t- ass. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting, you know, I watch the Dolphins and I'm interested because uh, because of your interest. In, and, uh, you know, when, when Tua was down for a couple of games, yeah, you know, and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the same attitude comes out, you right. know, is he done? You know, yeah. can't, uh, can't throw the deep, can't ball. throw the deep ball, a lot of, a lot of negativity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he comes back and wins like, what, what, four or five in a row. Yeah. They won five in a row. Yeah, so so I'm a little nervous though. I have to be honest. I, we have this three game stretch. Now we come to the chargers in LA mm-hmm. flex to a Sunday night game. Chargers <clears> need a win. They lost the other day. Um, and after that we go to Buffalo. So if we lose this, and they have us as a three-point favorite. Mm, on the road. On the road. And uh. just, I mean, I know we, we should bounce back. Waddle barely was involved. He should come back. And, and we didn't have a great running game and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, we, the, the Herbert's not their third-string quarterback. No. You know? Like, no, and, and they're dangerous. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, anytime you have, and then Herbert's going to want to play Tua because they were drafted. Like, you know, Tua was fifth and Herbert was sixth or seventh or whatever, I think. There's a lot of good underlying stories in in uh, in the NFL this year. Yeah, you know, we talked about Philly and and you know how they're you know striking and in uh, you know and mm-hmm. playing some good football and you Cowboys know, st- are pretty good. And, and and they were supposed to not be right. Uh, they put know. up 33 in the fourth quarter yeah. the other night. I mean, you know, <laughs> so well, well, let's talk about Brady too. Then yep. you know he came back he, last night, came a couple back, nights ago, right? And and so. You know, at uh, 44, 45 years old, he's yep. still, you know, able to to go out and, and to, you know, run that uh, the two-minute drill at the end of the game and, you know, come back and, and score so they, so that they can win the game. Yep. So, you know, and then, and then you talk about a guy retiring like that. You know, why? Right. You know, I mean, if he can still do it, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and he doesn't mind taking the punishment still. No. You know, I mean, he's, he's got you know, a good team around him. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, he has a lot of weapons. 
lot of good weapons. And and let's face it, I mean, I I think you know, and it's a position that I think any athlete, no matter if you're an individual or are on a team like he is with Tampa Bay now, that you feel when you walk on there that that you're going to win. 60% right. of your games anyway, yeah. you know, just being, off of who you guys got off of who you are. Yeah. Who right. You are. And, 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 but that's what you work for, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, and, and it, with a two minute drill, I mean, that other team has to know, right. You know, you know, we've Saints been, play them tough though, since he's yeah. come to Tampa, I think the saints have covered like every time they don't win, but they cover. How about this? Tampa goes to San Francisco mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. Brady's a California boy. Yep. Northern California guy. Niners are three and a half point favorites. Mm. So you're going to say with, third, with, with Mr. Irrelevant. Right. Is my, is laying three and a half points to Brady. The over and under is only 37. Wow. I mean, you got to almost take Brady there, right? Well, Just, uh, yeah. But you know, they, you know, our, you know, our friend Bill Lelly uh, back Wilhelm. in, back in, uh, in Belleville. Yeah. He would look at that and say, that's an LMM. Well, line makers mistake. Yeah. Or a trap. Or a trap. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, you know, <laughs> one just, way or the I other. think I do a little studying before I, uh, you know, made a put, put a fiver on that one. Yeah, I last week I made a little bet myself. It's the odds have changed a little. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that division is poo poo that Tampa Bay's in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. They might win it with a losing record. So then they're going to host a team who hasn't probably been in the playoffs a lot lately, like the Giants or the Commanders or you mm-hmm. know something like that. Um, and then, you know, they'll go to Minnesota or maybe to San Francisco mm-hmm. to Mr. Irrelevant or whatever. Right. And so you're going to like take Brady over cousins. You'll take Brady against, you know, so like I went and took a little nibble of Tampa to win the NFC to get to the Super Bowl at like 11 to one. Oh, they oh, moved boy. now to nine and a half, but that's not a bad bet. I just uh, think there's a road there where ridiculousness could happen and no one's going to want to play Brady if he can get himself there. Right. You know? So yeah. might be worth a fiver. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can have hedge opportunities in the yeah, game. Down, yeah, down the way. Yeah, exactly. So well, I've gotten a, I've gotten a little bit more interested in the NFL the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, watched a few more games and and uh you know a few teams because uh, the Dolphins got out they're on a three three game road trip and they go to Buffalo. They beat Buffalo earlier in the yeah, season. So that's, that's a, I'm worried about that one. We need this one against the Chargers just because if we're going Going into Buffalo, losing two in a row, right? And they're yeah. sitting there wanting to beat, give yeah. us revenge. That'll also be good for their confidence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, for the Dolphins to, you know, if they if they would win this game instead of being zero and two on the road to to go in one and one and yeah. saying, oh shit, we could get out of this with, right? You know, uh, then you're stealing if you yeah, get two and one. The stealing is right, so yeah. it'd be uh, it's, it's a good weekend. Plus, uh, you know, the Dolphins, you know, they. They brought Buffalo down to the sunshine. Now, they, now they go to the... The chilly willy. Uh, yeah. I was there. hoping we would be lucky the week it snowed. And they got to remember that Buffalo played in Detroit as right. a home game. Yeah. Damn it. I was hoping that would be against <laughs> well, us. Listen, you never know there. It might, you might get Maybe another, it snows storm, again. another storm. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming are leaving 2022 with brand new products. Persevere Cologne and Persevere Body Wash. 2023 is the year to up your hygiene game and smell amazing. And Manscaped wants to help you do that with a special offer. The Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is the leader of the Performance Package 4.0, or as I call it, the perfect package for my package. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredible comfortable grooming experience. Talk about feeling clean and smelling good? 
The new Persevere Body Wash from Manscaped is the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. This body wash has a light, woody scent and is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. The new Persevere Cologne answers the call of the wild by leaving you smelling like a man forged from the earth. It is also cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and vegan, so you know you're in the right hands while smelling right. 2023 is on its way. The woods are here and smelling amazing. Are you ready to jump in and join me with Manscaped? Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash Connors. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash Connors. Happy New Year to your balls. All right, quickly we'll go off through our uh, football slash soccer segment. Yeah. The final eight is set. The final eight is England versus France. Okay. On the one side. The surprise of the tournament, Morocco stunned Spain. They did. Yep. Awesome defense. Great playing. uh, They play Portugal. We'll come back Mm -hmm. to Portugal. Netherlands play Argentina. And Netherlands beat the U.S. Yep. Uh, And Messi down there. And then Croatia plays Brazil. Neymar came back from the ankle, seemed to be okay, scored on a penalty kick. So that is the final eight. Um, And there's a little drama on the Portugal side. Yeah. I don't know if drama, I mean, they're playing well. They cruised in their match uh, over Switzerland, six to one, but different starting team. No Ronaldo. How do you leave that guy out? I mean, I don't know. What is he? Is he what, 30? 37 or eight? 37, 38 or something. You know, I'm sure he's in unbelievable shape. Uh, yep. The the last number of years, it's been Ronaldo and, and uh, Messi, right? Uh, you right. Know, Those have so been the two dudes. The two guys you talk about the most. And, yep. And now, now you're playing the World Cup and, and you don't start him? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's got to be uh, got to be something there that we that we're not getting. I don't follow it enough to like know, you know, to have watched him and been like, oh, he's not, he's not himself. You know, I'm not a good enough mm-hmm. football fan in that sense. But it seems like he must not be playing too good because Manchester United and him have parted ways. You know, he wasn't. I don't even know if he was starting or even playing. He, he was coming off the bench for some games. I know. Um, yeah, but he just signed a hell of a deal with... Uh, I don't think he signed that yet. Hasn't signed no, it yet, so yeah, he's, he's got, he's got a, an offer. Yeah, he's rumored to maybe <clears throat> be signing like a two-year deal with the Saudi Arabian uh, club, which is like, seems just like pure money grab, right? Because mm-hmm. it takes him out of all the competition where you see him against the other players. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think the Portugal coach must see something because they're playing well. Right. I mean, scoring six to one is the butt kicking of the tournament so far, I think. Um, and his replacement? Yep, came up with a hat trick today. Came up with a yeah. hat trick. So yeah. yeah, you know, there's there's no no substitute for youth, right? And <laughs> you, like, you know, well, it's I, I wonder how it plays out because if you said Ronaldo, hey, you're going to win the World Cup, but you're not going to play another minute, would he be cool with it? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a tough one to answer because I mean, he, his reputation, you know, is, is that of a player. Uh, you know, not uh, to, to be sitting on the bench and not. Uh, you know, adding anything to, you know, to the game and, you know, bringing out the best and, mm-hmm. you know, your, your uh, teammates and all that to, you know, to help you win. Uh, I, I don't know if, if that, if, if you're, if you're asking me, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I'm a player of the game, right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, and I don't, I think he is too, you know, he's for him to sit on the bench, that's killing him. I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, it's a team competition, you know, and you have teammates. So in country too, in, so, in it's country, even more. so it's even more is right. So in tennis was, was, it was different. You know, I was on my own and, 
you know, play it, play it myself. I win, I win, I lose, I lose. But, you know, when you're, you know, doing it for your country and for your teammates and, you know, and, and all that, I guess you, you know, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and pull back a bit. Yeah. I don't know enough. We should uh, have somebody on who's a soccer aficionado um, and ask him. But I wonder if it's something like when Ronaldo plays and for him to play the best, the whole, a lot of the focus of the offense has to be around him. You know, well, so then, so what would you do then? Would you would you let let him hope the team goes out and gets a lead? I mean, and, and, yeah. and then and then bring him in because you know you know the attention for the rest of the game will be on him. Yeah, I, right? mean, I think you want him to be able to play in like a smaller burst because I'm sure he's still like good. It's just that he probably can't grind it for 90 minutes against a guy who's 22 on defender, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but you think you would probably save him for as a substitute, you know. But then he's going to look at you and go, oh, now you fucking need me. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I wonder if it's like a lot of the offense has to go through him. And then maybe when it's not him there, it's more team oriented. Or I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but it is a weird kind of situation because they're playing so well. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, going to be interesting to see the next game now. Right. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, if he and they play Morocco, in, so they uh-huh. could be Morocco yeah. and that would be to play either France or England. Well, I mean, there's a path there for them to to do damage, and I mean, they're already doing damage. But um, I hope I don't know what I hope. If Noah, if the, all the European teams say he's not good enough or whatever to play, then I guess he should take the money. But I feel like I would still want to see him play in Champions League's games and you know right. Premier League or wherever what league he signs with, yeah. just to see him go and be you know might as well just come to MLS, be over here with us. Give me know? some good Ronaldo stuff. Yeah, uh, you know that uh, that. We're used to seeing from him. See, I must be doing my homework because I'm I'm learning. Right, you didn't get that much shit on Twitter this week. No, they kind of (laughs) left me alone. (laughs) It was it was good. See, doing a little studying. If I'd have stayed in school, I'd have studied too. Yeah, right. Um, All right, let's say a couple uh, sad things here. Um, Our friend Bill Robson, we've talked about before. Yep, our buddy Uh, here in in Santa Barbara, golf buddy, orchid legend. Um, His puppy Faley. Yeah. 16, I think, 17 years old, passed away uh, a couple in, nights ago. In his arms, though. Yep. He was, she yeah. was uh, sleeping in his armpit, curled up in his armpit, and right. just went to sleep. Uh, so R.I.P. Faley. Yeah. Um, Kirstie Alley. Did you see this? Yep, I did. Yep. She uh, she was on some fun shows. She was funny. Yeah. She was a character. Yeah, yeah she was. And, and she was on Cheers and, and uh, did some movies with Travolta and... Mm-hmm. and uh, uh, she, you know, and she, you know, really made herself known, you know, and, and, uh, in, in her, uh, in her career and, you know, even away from that, you know, right. some of the struggles that she went through and yeah, with her weight and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, sad and young, se- yeah. 71 years old. Yeah. It's, Battling cancer. I saw yeah. that's, that sucks. Um, I actually always liked, I love Cheers. Cheers yeah. is a great show to go back and watch. I kind of liked her as that character alongside Sam more mm-hmm. than I like Shelley Long. She was cool, but I always liked just the snarkiness of Allie. Right. I thought she was like, kind of didn't take as much shit. She was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. So she I liked her shows fit a lot. in there with him pretty good. Yeah. They Ted were good Danson together. Ted, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. They could go back and forth with each other, dude. Um, and then also I liked the episodes with Woody. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, Woody is—he—he's uh, gone on to have one hell of a career, you yeah. know, with a lot of oh yeah, you know, a lot of great movies, and you know, he started on Cheers, I would mm-hmm. think. I think he, that was his yeah his earliest role, his beginning, and and uh, uh, I remember we uh, we were in San Inez, and you were away at college, and and 
Uh, I was we, there at the dinner. At the, oh, at the dinner. Right. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was yeah. Aubrey's birthday. Yeah, Aubrey's birthday. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. were at dinner. Yeah. And uh, sitting at a big table, Aubrey had all her friends and it was us. And then the waitress comes around the corner and goes, um, excuse me, uh, there's somebody here who just wanted to say like hi and, and wish Aubrey happy birthday. And we're like, oh, it must be like one of our friends from the town, you know, right. like, uh, and we're like, send him in, tell him to come in, you know, and around the corner walks Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that was pretty All cool. All timid and kind of like shy uh, in yeah. this moment. And he's just like, hey, how's it going? And he happened to be at the restaurant having dinner with Crosby. Yes. Right. Yeah. Who's his good buddy who uh, lived out there at the time. Um, yeah, that was pretty exciting, you know, yeah. and, and uh, you know, for all of us at, at the table. And I, I remember, you know, what, you know, we kind of looked up and it was fun to see, but Aubrey was like, and, you know. Well, remember mom just blurts out, Woody! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, why, believe wouldn't, it. why wouldn't she? Right, because it wasn't like in L.A. We were out in San Inez uh, yeah. at like uh, one of the you know, few restaurants in San Inez that, that they have. Um, and she's like, Woody! Uh, I remember one line he said, we were like, where do you live? And, and, and all that. And he's like, oh, you know, I live... Uh, I live up in, um, I live in Hawaii with my family and we're like, oh, where at? Like, you know, this island, that island. He's just like, oh, up past where the road ends a little. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or up past, just past where the road Smart. ends. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> no, don't worry. You're not going to make it up there. Right. Yeah, and just also gonna... like, that sounds like a good place to live. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Great views. Yeah. And, and just and away from around. people. Yeah. Leave me alone. And, um, and then uh, one other one, just quickly, uh, Nick Bulateri. Uh, passed away, a uh, longtime tennis coach. Yep. Uh, been, you know, 94, I think he was. Uh, been battling sickness for a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, he was the first show I did, Tennis Channel Academy, when my first job at Tennis Channel mm -hmm. was an instructional show I did with Brandon Moglin. And we flew down to Florida to shoot like four or five episodes over two weeks. And our first episode was Nick Bulateri. Oh, nice. And yeah, so, yeah. like, that first morning where I'm getting all the snacks and setting up the equipment and all that stuff, where uh, my memories are always that it was at his, you know, at IMG, and, and he was there, and it was with him. So Yeah, you got to, you got to know him a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And it was just, you know, interesting to watch him go through and, you know, tell us about the all the stuff he had built and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and just wanted to say, you know, uh, you know, RIP. Yep, RIP. It wasn't a good week. That's, that's three I don't want to do anymore. No, uh, any more names? A couple quick things we can see. Oh, okay. Indonesia bans sex outside marriage. Well, <laughs> do you see that headline? Uh, do you think? <laughs> and that's not just for residents; that's for visitors. I, I think I think they might uh, might be losing some of their population. Right. Well, and also like they, everybody's moving out. They must have a good private detective like community, right. or like they just need to hire. Like, imagine all this. Like, are you sure that tourist a, a who bigger, was in town was a making a detective? Right. <laughs> that tourist who just came into town was with uh, a woman. Was it his wife? Oh, like, oh my god! Oh brother! So that's literally oh. a law. So that's on the books. Um, and then this other one, a little closer to home, San Francisco. San Francisco police can now use robots to kill. Uh passes unanimously. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part I love. That like not even one person went like, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> well. So you know, yeah. I, I, I've been to San Francisco a lot and and uh, had tournaments up there back when I was playing in the day. And you know, San Francisco, you know, is a beautiful city and and uh but they they've had some problems and and uh you know and Boy, oh boy. I mean, if, uh, you know, if that's going to be the case, uh, you know, the, the more we sit down like this and the more we talk on our podcast like this, but the less I want to travel. Right. Uh, you know, I, I want to stay, stay home. Yeah. Stay home. And, <laughs> and uh, right. 
I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it seems a little weird. It's like uh, too tough. Yeah. The language of law enforcement equipment policy filed by San Francisco, blah, 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 which requires a written inventory of the military equipment utilized by law enforcement. So like backup, like why does, why is the law enforcement have a bunch of like, I mean, we know why, because our military sells it back to all these places so that they like make money on it. But like we're using military equipment on like the public, hmm. you know, it's just a weird thing. And it's uh, the documents submitted the board of supervisors include among other things, armored vehicles, flash brand, flash bang grenades and 15 submachine guns. The inventory also names 17 robots, 12 of which are fully functioning. But it, now, what happens if uh, if one of the robots gets out of control? I don't know. Uh, you know, how are you going to handle that? Right. What happens if the robot had a bad day? Yeah. And takes it out on like the guy, yeah. the, uh, the operator. This is like a little, this has already been happening. This yeah. is just what a drone is. A drone over, you know, in the Middle East or in, in, in Ukraine and, and Russia right now. That's just a, that's just a flying robot. And then there's a dude on the ground flying it mm. or operating it. And that's what this would be. This would be, you know, some guy with a, you know, grew up playing video games. He's really good at Call of Duty. And like, you know, he'll sit there and have a camera and the thing will show what he sees and boom, bang, bing. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, let's get back to some questions. Yep. Thought that was a little weird. It's Fire becoming away. normalized a little too easy. But um, your mom was ahead of her time coaching you to the top of the game. Uh, what were her special qualities that equipped her to do that? Well, that's that's a pretty good question. Uh, it, I, and and I want to start out by by saying that uh, she allowed me to 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 play my own game, you know, and and she gave me my own game. You know, she didn't uh, model it after anybody. she She had an idea, uh, really, the way she played and the way she taught, you know as as a woman. Uh, you know, to, and then, you know, she taught my brother and myself and, and, uh, but her idea uh, of me playing was, was not like everybody else, you know, and, and back then that was tough to find because you had serving volleyers, you had guys who stayed back, uh, mm -hmm. you had guys who would sneak in and try to take the ball out of the air. I mean, you know, you had two or three options, or options to choose from yeah, different, when you were choosing the style you wanted to play. Different opportunities, right. So she, she wanted me to, you know, to have my own style. Uh, and uh, so, you know, the, the more I played it and, and uh, the bigger I got and the stronger I, you know, I got, uh, the, the more I kind of fit into that. And her thoughts from the beginning were, you know, give me the game. And, and make sure that I understand what kind of game I was going to play and then let me grow into that game, you know, instead of growing, growing, you know, and getting big and all of a sudden now changing the game. She wanted me to grow into my game. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and that's what happened. I mean, you know, the, you know, the way I played and, you know, taking the ball early and, and trying to move forward and not backing up to the fence and trying to, you know, play along the line and, and, uh, uh, you know, and then, and, you know, and that, that was her thought. And then when she turned me over to Pancho Segura, you know, that was his thought also, mm -hmm. you know, and they and, were in sync. Yeah, they, they were in sync and, well, you know, they were, they were such good friends, you know, back in the day when, you know, when, anyway, when, yeah. anyway, so, you know, they just kind of, you know, my mom said, you know, don't touch his game. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and he agreed, you know, he said, you think they had been like, not planning it, but thinking about like, you know, talking about that when like before, you know, when you were a little baby or, you know, when they're talking about like after you're four and you start playing, do you think they would like, you know, discuss strategy on how to like teach you and stuff? No, no, uh, no, I, I don't think they, 
they got together you until know, after until until I came out said here. Said I'm coming to California. Yeah. Right. And you know, but but Pancho and and uh, the way he played and you know his attitude and his mind and 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 uh, you know his his athleticism you know was you know was something that you know he saw in me too. Mm-hmm. And and he said he says I won't touch his game. I like I, I like the way he plays, yeah. and and you know I want him I want him to do that, but he can do this a little better and that a little better. Add and, this to it, yeah, and start adding a little a few things to my game that that you know once I grew into that too, it just made me made me better. So, but it, it, but my point being is you know she she didn't you know teach everybody the same right you know she she gave well, me my game and then her students i mean she she was so into teaching her students you know that you know in, in spending that time with them to help them get better mm-hmm. in their own way and no matter what their level no matter what if they were just trying to get better right. beginner um i think the part about it that uh i think if she came around now with like kind of the you know the more woman oriented society me too we've gone through that and the, you mm-hmm. know all that stuff she would be like celebrated today you know like she was uh your mom coaching you now and you were a player but you know coming up she you know they always talk in this way where like she was this and she was that you know and it's like well what do you think she has to be like it was the 60s or 70s and she's a woman from the midwest you know and fighting for her and her son it's not a team thing right in a man's world that's all you know and so it's like funny that it's like she could, there's no way she was going to win, right? She was going to come along and either ruffle feathers or ruffle feathers. You know, she, you well, were going to come along and win, and it would be, you know, her helping you to do it, you right. know, in their world as a woman. You know, She like, wasn't afraid of that. Yeah. She, she wasn't afraid of that challenge. You know, she, you know, everybody said she was a stage door coach and, you know, because she couldn't do it. That's bullshit. I mean, she was good in her own right, you know, and, and her best friends, you know, were Pauline Betts and, you know, the, the great players of – you know, of that day and Pancho Segura and, you know, and, and Bobby Riggs and, you know, all those, you know, that was my mom's era mm-hmm. and who she grew up with. So, you know, her knowledge of, of tennis in the, in, in the game itself was, was off the charts. Right. You There's know, still stuff she taught me. I mean, she taught me, I didn't become that great, but you know, the stuff she taught me, I still hear like announcers and people try and pawn it off. Like it's some new shit, right. you know, or something like that. Well, and, it is new to them. Right. You know, and, but and it's like she knew the basics down to the point where, like, look, no matter what happens to the game, these fundamentals will always be there, right, and exist. You yeah. know, and it's just like moving forward, taking time away. You know, getting to that, being good at net. You know, Your footwork. Like, yeah, don't get stuck in, uh, in getting the, position. Right, yeah, don't get stuck in no man's land. Just yeah. like these little things where you see people, and they're like, a lot of modern players are terrible in no man's land. They're terrible from the that to the net because mm-hmm. they don't spend time there. You right. know. Um, and so I think, uh, yeah, I think, and also who doesn't get their due in the process is two mom. Cause like grandma is just two mom's daughter. Right. So who taught grandma to well, be like that well, too? Another woman, right? you know, another woman. So it's like, you your, got your passed down grandma. two generations <laughs> right. of women, like, you know, of learning from women yeah. to come into this man's world and blah, you know, all that but, stuff. But, it, but it's interesting, Brett, that, that, uh, you know, I, I was taught by two women. If, if, you know, if I had a chance to go, uh, let's say Annika Sorenstam, for instance, you know, to go and in, in to, to her camp or, you know, spend a couple of days with her or, you know, and, and you know, to help me, I, I, I seem to to identify more uh, with, with the way, you know, my mom and grandma put things into words for me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and to, you know, wasn't overpowering and it, and it wasn't, uh, 
you know, it, it you must, you must, you must. It was, you know, it was almost like, uh, you know, if, if you try this, you know, it's only going to help you, you know, and it's kind of like what I told, you know, when, when I was coaching Andy Roddick, I said, you know, if you trust me, I'm not going to say one thing that's going to hurt your game. Mm-hmm. I'm only trying to give you something that's going to help you. Right. And, and, and that's, and that's what, uh, you know, my mom and grandma did. But I think, I think her, her most genius was, was the way she, she handled uh, my career uh, as far as not burning me out. Yeah. You know, to, to where I, I would wake up one day and, and say, oh, Christ, I got to get on a plane and go play tennis. Oh, God, I'm, I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. I woke up every day wanting to go play tennis. She kept me eager. Right. You know, and, and, and that was her, you know, that was always her worry when, you know, when I was young coming up, especially when I first turned pro, that mm-hmm. you're going to burn yourself out. Don't burn yourself out. You know? Especially the way you played. Because you grinded yeah. and, yeah. you know, you didn't have a big serve that got easy points. You had to like earn your points. Yeah. So like it took more of your energy to win than maybe a serve and volley or guy sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, it was a fun play like yeah. that though. No, no, I just, so... I just mean that that's a, probably get burnt out playing like that. Yeah, more probably than quicker. quicker. But, but, you know, like, like I said, I mean, I played two or three tournaments and, and then, you know, even though I was on a roll and, you know, maybe one, two, uh, two of them out of the three, yeah. you know, she would say, time's up. Take a break, right? You know, and make you hungry for more. Make me hungry for more is exactly right, and and that uh, you know I think that's why you know I I, you know, I played the main tour until I was forty, and then I played a the senior tour that that I had until I was fifty, mm-hmm. and and I think that's why I was able to play that that long is because I looked forward to it, you know, the, not only just the playing of the matches, but but also the you know the practice and you know everything that went along with it. I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to do. I mean, it took me away from home a lot, you know, which, you know, but what the hell? I mean, you know, that was, yeah. my, it was my business. Right. And, you know, a lot I mean, of jobs take everyone right. away from their house. And, but yeah, she was ahead of her time. Yeah, she was. That was a good, good question. Always fun to talk about grandma. Let's see. Least favorite Christmas songs, movies, foods, etc. Least favorite Christmas movies. Or, or most. I mean, there, there's, I mean, I, I'd rather go with the ones I like. You right, know, yeah. Who, you know, Christmas Vacation and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Stewart and... Um, it's a good a, life. Yeah, Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life. Having a brain fart. <laughs> die yeah, Hard. Yeah, Die Hard. So, you, know, <laughs> you don't think of that as a Christmas movie. It but, definitely you know, is. Yeah, but <laughs> but uh, it certainly is. You know, and, and uh, my, le- my least favorite Christmas food... I don't, I don't know. Christmas dinner uh, that your mommy cooks is, uh, you know, is second to none only to maybe Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, so it, it's, you know, we, you know, we sit down and, and uh, you know, it takes two days to cook it, 20 minutes to eat it and two days to clean it up. But right. uh, for that 20 minutes, it's, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, it's really good. What, uh, you know, what used to be fun, I'm not the biggest uh, church uh, goer, but it used to be fun growing up to go to midnight mass. Remember we yeah. would get bundled up wherever we were and, and midnight on Christmas Eve. Right. You'd go to midnight mass. Yep. And then you'd look up uh, from here, Aubrey, at, and we're going home and we would see Rudolph's nose, red nose in the sky. Oh, yeah. You know, because he had just come to the house or he was coming to the house or whatever, you know, and you'd see it on, uh, on an airplane up in the sky. So uh, I always thought that was like a fun thing to do uh, just because it was, you know, a lot of people inside staying warm and excited about the next morning right. and, you know, all everyone's in the same situation. Yeah, we, we, we spent a lot of uh, Christmases up in Beaver Creek, Colorado, and mm-hmm. uh, you, uh, you and your sister and uh, your mom would ski. 
and uh, I, I was still playing, so I, I wouldn't get any of the skiing in. But we would all, always go to midnight mass up there on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve, and and uh, you know, and, and and walk to the church and and in the snow. And you know, by the time we got back, you know, we you know, we're making snow angels, and right? It, or it you was, got us stuck in the snowbank. That, well, I, that? Did, I did. Uh, <laughs> yes, my driving skills were a little. You were showboating <laughs> a little. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the donut, the black ice. <laughs> the, the donut turned into a, yeah, a coffee. Into fudge. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It, was <laughs> it took us all night to get out of there, yeah. but it was. It was fun. It was a great experience, but it was. Uh, it was fun, and and you know, still, you know, it's you know, Christmas coming up and Christmas Eve, and you know, it might be time for another midnight mass here. Yeah, might have to do that. One last little story we can talk about. Somebody made me think about midnight mass. Midnight mass used to go with us to Beaver Creek. Uh, no longer with us, uh, John Heller. Right. Hell yeah. Longtime family friend. Uh, used to call him Uncle John growing up. He passed away in 2017, but he was a good skier. Spent a lot of holidays with us up in Santa Barbara, up in Colorado, uh, everything. And we were talking about him the other day. And uh, a story, a story yeah. came up. We were, we were talking, we were talking about, about cars. Oh, that's that was one of the questions. Right. So somebody, one of a, one of our listeners asked tonight, what was your favorite all time car that you've had? Well, oh boy, I, I think going going back, uh, got to remember I was in the '60s, you know. So that's where all the good ones are that's from. That's where, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I had a '67 Corvette mm-hmm. that uh, that was an amazing was amazing. You know, I had a '68 uh, Z28. Mm. You know, all, all muscle cars. You know that. You know now I watch. Uh, Barrett Jackson or Meekum and you know I, yeah. I I just I'm dying because I've said geez if I just still had those cars now but right. you know but uh, yeah and then you know I came to California and I said you know I'm out I'm out of Illinois and I'm not uh, you know driving up and going through McDonald's and you know and and all that with the with the cars you know yeah. which was you know which was fun to do because everybody had one mm-hmm. and so I came out and I, I kind of got rid of my Corvette and you know I got a Porsche which was. You know, which was pretty cool, but but uh, you know, I look back now and what happened? You had a Porsche and an NSX. Right? I did, yes. and you traded them in. Tell me that story real quick. Oh, uh, real real quick. I had a I had an eighty seven uh, turbo eighty six. Uh, Wasn't it eighty six? No, eighty seven turbo. Yes, and uh, uh, and it, it was the big it, fin. It was it, this just it was beautiful. It was a beautiful car, and and I had uh, the engine blueprinted and and everything, and it ran like a top. And and I also had a an NSX the first year it came out and and I loved driving that but you know it was a two seater and and it was good for me uh, back then you know I could get in and out of it but you know as far as taking the family you know mm-hmm. wasn't so good so uh, I, a friend of ours back in Illinois had a BMW a dealership so I said I'll, I'll trade for this uh, for the 740 BMW which mm-hmm. was beautiful so he says okay I'll take I'll take your Porsche and the NSX. And, and he got the better deal. Right, uh, he, I think so. He got the better deal, but uh, the, the I sent the cars back to him, and and the the, uh, the gentleman who who bought my my '87 Porsche uh, got in it and was driving off the lot, and he didn't get off the lot, and he was t-boned. Yeah, like the first light, the, right? The, the first light, and and I'm going, and you know, and uh, Kent uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ken Newbolt, who owned it, he called me, he says. He says, I don't know if that car was bad luck or not, but I think you got rid of it just in time. Right. That's you know, crazy. It, but it was, uh, it was crazy. The, 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 the guy was okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, the car was total. It was and, done. 
And, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, and so now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm into, you know, the safe cars, uh, you know, right. the, I, I like the bigger cars. I don't, I don't need to go fast anymore. And, and uh, I want it safe and comfortable and, and uh, you know, so, you know, we can get the family in there mm-hmm. now. So yeah, a little, little more low key. Yeah. When I read that question, like what you said, like, what was your best car? What was, what's your dream car or whatever. And when you're in your twenties or even thirties, I mean, I know some people have midlife crisis and all that stuff, but when you're younger, the fast cars and the show cars make more sense. But then like four years ago, I went to get a new car. I'd had my car for like 12 years and it was kind of beat up. It was time for a new car. And when I went through all the stuff, kind of the main thing I wanted was like room, enough room for me and and my dog and my girlfriend, my golf clubs Mm -hmm. and safe. Right. I wanted it to be safe, you know, like having a, you know, being fast and all that stuff's not so great if it is not safe. No. So I have a Volvo. And so that's what made me want to think of this story about Heller, yeah. my buddy John. So you're <laughs> in Japan, right? right. It had yeah. to be like 1991 or 92. Right. I'm in sixth, sixth grade, I think. You're in Japan. Mom and Aubrey are on like a the big, big red boat, the big red boat, which right. is like a Disney cruise mm-hmm. down in Florida. So it's just me and Heller alone. I'm going to school, coming home. We're going, you know, hiking in the riverbed. We're barbecuing hot dogs in the riverbed, having fun with the dogs and watching the house and, and all this stuff. So one day he, he's like, I got to go to Santa Barbara today. I need to go to the camera shop. He was a photographer. Right. I need to go down to Sammy's camera. So I'm going to drop you off, head down to Santa Barbara for the day. And then I'll come back and I'll pick you up from school later. And I'm going to take your mom and dad's car. Right. So then he drops, <laughs> he drops us off, drops me off in our white Volvo. We had a white Volvo station wagon. Mm-hmm. He had a silver Volvo station wagon. Right. So he drops me off and uh, I go to school all day. And then like the two thirty or three o'clock, I'm standing there waiting. He pulls up in a silver Volvo station wagon and picks me up and I get in the car and I'm like, yo, uh, what happened? Like, where's, where's our car? Like, you know, and he's like, well, Brent, man, a little accident. <laughs> he's got a little, he's got a little cut. He's got a bandaid on top of his head. He's right. mostly bald bandaid on top of his head. So what he had done is he drove, drove, dropped me off, got on the pass, which is highway 154 going to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a scary road. Yeah. There's not a lot of passing it's lanes. Drive. It's, you don't want to rush through it. It's, it's, it's a little dangerous, a lot of turns. And so he's driving and he was a pretty crazy driver, aggressive to say the least, yeah. always in a hurry to get nowhere. He says he went to pass a woman and then she went to pass and he, for some reason, had to violently veer back across the lane. His tires hit the side of the road that has like a little loose gravel. Mm-hmm. Car flips two and a half times, going like 60 miles an hour, 70 yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, and, and went down an embankment right. in, into an open field, which was, he was lucky to get into that field you know, because it was, wasn't that far off. It was off. clear. If he'd have been another half mile up, he'd have uh, gone over the edge. Or, or hit something uh, or, or hit, hit a tree or right, something. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the, uh, the, the crazy thing about it is with the flipping, you know, he ended up upside down mm-hmm. and, and he luckily he had a seatbelt on and he unbuckles his seatbelt cause he was upside down. He falls out and puts it <laughs> the glass and, and that was the only scratch he had. <laughs> You know, so, you know, From, you, and it wasn't even the accident that did it. It was almost his own, like not paying attention, stupidity. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I didn't realize he was upside down and gravity uh, would still kick in. Yeah. But, but we can, we can talk about it now because he was okay. And, and, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and well, he un- he unbuckles, gets out, calls in his own accident. Yeah. It was like, you know, early cell phones, the brick cell phones, you know, Hey, I just flipped two and a half times. Da da da, come pick me up, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and so, and we were talking about it the other day when we when we, when we thought to, to think of it. We started to think about that story, 
And we're like, wait a minute. So you were passing someone and then they went to pass someone like, you know, does it like, does that even make sense? Like if you looked in your around, like, would you pass if you saw that car passing and just like the way it all set up, you're almost, yeah. <laughs> we were laughing, just going like, that is not what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, well, next time when we see him, yeah, when we yeah. see him upstairs yeah. someday. in the afterlife, we're going to ask him, tell us, you know, the real facts about that. Yeah. But he was a good dude and yeah. we haven't talked a lot about him on the show, but, uh, you know, we miss him and, and, uh, Miss him every day, and, and he used to come up and spend a lot of the holidays with us. So, what else? Anything else you got? No, uh, I think uh, everything's okay. You okay, know, I get uh, get through this week, and and uh, yeah, come back home. Uh, get back on Saturday night, so uh, start you know, getting ready for for the Christmas holidays. Yeah, yeah, get organized. All right. Well, that's it. You can follow us as always on at ADV Connors. You can follow him at Jimmy Connors, me, Brett underscore Connors, at Gold Dude Isabella on Instagram. She's looking for some attention. She's desperately, (laughs) she's sitting right here or somewhere, our mascot. But that's it. We love you guys. We'll check in and do a little pre-Christmas episode and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.